gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome. Isn't football fantastic? Here we are again. It is the No Cash No Code podcast. It is episode seven. I am a very jubilant commissioner and I'm joined as ever by the uh, guy who's been dragging our podcast into the 21st century with all of his fantastic stats and wits. It is the historian himself, Mr. Tom Maxwell. How are you? Happy Thursday. I am very well. Um, I know I've said this before, but the difference in <laughs> levels of emotion from you this year really are a joy to behold. Um, <gasps> we'll, get, we'll get into why that might be shortly. Oh, it's not actually all fantasy for a change. Uh, football in general is great. Uh, please recap with us why I'm feeling that way. Well, it's it's the first week of the season where I, I'm not necessarily as jubilant as you. First game of last weekend, Man City gave Chelsea a very good 1-0 hiding, I think is how I would describe it. Um, maybe putting a few doubts if you couple that with Chelsea's performance last night in the newfangled triple Chelsea defence that some people seem to be talking about. Um, but yeah, we weren't great. I don't know if you saw much of it. I did. Uh, actually, after you texted me, I watched the second half and I, it's, it's a game I've seen where there's you know, two teams on the pitch, but one of them's playing football and the other one's just chasing shadows the entire time. That was quite surprising. And it definitely has uh, raised an eyebrow for wild cards in the future. It's certainly Pep flexing his muscles after three straight defeats to Chelsea without scoring a goal. So um, yep. we've, we've been put back in our box a bit. Um, what was more positive was at the same time Manchester United were losing to Aston Villa uh, with Bruno missing a last-minute pen, um, scuppering a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo captain options. And then there were some really fun games, actually, for the rest of Saturday. Leeds-West Ham was one of the... Bonker, a completely bonkers game of football. I know you saw bits of it, um, but that was such fun. Leicester 2, Burnley 2 was fun. And Brentford 3, Liverpool 3, probably an early contender for the game of the season. So much, so much good football this weekend. I've watched more than normal, actually. Just the standard games have been so entertaining to watch. My personal highlight is that uh, second game, and it is the walking meme machine, the penalty saving slash distracting. Uh, wonderful Martinez. That's got to be for me the moment of the season so far. I mean, that is some serious psychological warfare right there, and has FPL repercussions as well. Oh, so many. We'll get on to Emmy later on. Um, you are allowed ten seconds to talk about Arsenal's 3-1 win against Spurs. Oh, I mean, it's it's barely crossed my mind, to be honest, having, a, having watched many of the highlights. I mean, if I was a Norwegian commentator, I would say something like George Johnson, Jeff Moy, John Nazori, and a Stephen Hill, your boys took ahead of a beating, but I'm not going to do that because I'm classier. I'm going to rise above the fact that we finally uh, got a result that's actually worth... It was enjoyable primarily because it's the kids. It was it was one of those ones you go with low expectations and you know it's two poor teams playing pretty low-level football, but it still feels good all the same. So yes, thank you for giving me that moment. That was a whole minute. Uh, so apologies to the listener for that. <laughs> they were expecting. Um, and then just very briefly from a very selfish perspective, so Southampton nil Wolves won definitely the worst game of the weekend. As someone who had two Southampton defenders and two Wolves defenders in the game, I've never watched a match wanting a nil-nil more and I nearly got, I nearly got lucky. <laughs> um, but, oh, it was so grim. There, 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 there's a couple of games that we're going to get to, I'm sure, in terms of grim finishes uh, that weren't actually necessary at all. So that is a quick run through of the games. Andre, where do you want to start? 
Well, first, let's have a quick little recap on what that means to the league overall. New bit that I'm adding here. So uh, the league average, the world average score was a measly 43 and somehow no cash, no code, 10 of us are below that. Um, so that created some moves and shakes in the league. We're getting to the point now where there's some actual traffic going on. Jeff, who's been, Jeff uh, Brown, who's been on a tear recently, dropped a massive nine places. Um, we also saw um, Jamie play his wild card, the only wild card actually in week five, after a plethora of week, wild cards we didn't get the chance to mention in week five, which include Sapford, May, uh, Tom Everett and Elijah. Um, the biggest rises of the week, John, uh, Rob Leach, actually, Antonio Captina. That's not going to be enough to get huge attention around these parts this week, unfortunately. But that got him five places up the table. Worryingly, jumping up four places on the table, Pod's own Tom Maxwell, Damien and Freddie, four places leaped. So how come. did that happen? Here they come. Yeah, you can dum, 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 hear the footsteps thunder in the background. So that uh, sets us up, I guess, to start talking in a bit more detail. So... Let's start with team of the week. Would you like to go first, sir? Yeah, uh, only one option from me and uh, his man that we haven't talked much about since the start of the season. Uh, new, new to the league, I believe. Don't know him from Adam, but love what he's doing with his team at the moment. Also love the team name. It doesn't matter. Ricky Singh, 61 points from Ricky this week, uh, which not only is the highest of the league, um, but the thing that I liked most about it was his transfer. Um, so Saar, uh, he brought in as his goalkeeper last week, I think on a wild card, 14 yeah. points was the mainstay for him. Um, but Bakayo Saka, one of your young guns, brought in for Ferran Torres, who didn't play. Always a ballsy move to take out the guy playing in the false nine for Manchester City in a game that they're expected maybe to struggle against Chelsea. So I can see why he did it, but certainly on the Saka bus, well before the rest, 13 points, uh, the swing, which really is the difference between him being below the average and being the top point scorer of the week. So my team of the week is Ricky Singh. I think it's really hard to argue with that one. Um, fantastic work from Ricky, who's got a surprising amount of airtime for someone who's been in the league for such a short period of time. Uh, he actually uh, sends us a message. He's going to give us the full story about his secret side league with him, his missus and whatever. So really looking forward to getting more detail on that. Get well soon. Uh, he's got a bit of the vid at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, um, definitely trying to find, I mean, obviously, if you've got Saka in your team, you're going to get a smile from me anyway. Desperately trying to find a contender against him. And I think the closest I've got is the next highest score. I mean, shout out to the clicks through his tables. Shout out to the other 50s. We've got some really interesting ones in there. People that we haven't seen around the 50 mark for a while, including people like Aaron, Mack and Colin. Actually, did a touch on Aaron a little bit. I feel bad for him. It's not enough for her, but at one stage, just the way the fixtures fell, he was flying. He got to the 50 mark so early in the week. There were text messages going on. There was high-fiving. There was definitely... I, I took a little note, team of the week, Aaron, question mark. And then he has the likes of yourself, Nick, Nick, a few others come flying past him. You broke the 50 mark as well with a slightly fortuitous assist in the last game, too, yeah, so we say. That. Yeah. Uh, then there's Nick there as well, Nick Mick with his SAR, uh, another owner there. Um, but Damien, 59 points, captain the blanks. He even had the luxury of having DS on his bench for a clean sheet that I guess was until we saw the Chelsea game unexpected. So that 59 is an ominous marker, moves him up the table. But 
I agree with you. There's only one winner. Uh, so yeah, Ricky, worthy winner of Team of the Week. And I think this might be a podcast that's titled after him because I'm going to go first on pick and I'm staying very much with Team Ricky. Um, he's got Saar, which is one of the contenders, obviously, uh, with 14 points, but there are a couple of Saar owners. Shout out George Johnson uh, with his 15-point swing, actually, on his transfers this week, Johnson. Out went Mares, out went Pogba, in came Decore and Salah. Questions as to why he didn't have Salah previously, but well done. Um, if there was a tiebreaker between the two of them, Pone and Saar, it might have been George's transfers, but for me, the Saka, the Saka 13 points, I think is the highest individually owned player, only owned player, so it is a clean sweep for Ricky. For me, uh, what say you? No, not for me. I uh, don't like giving Ooh. two awards, particularly when Ooh. he's only won the first award because of the, uh, of, of, the, of the pick. And I've got a player one point less than Saka, um, mm-hmm. but over a million pounds cheaper. And that is uh, Mr. Smith Rowe, his, his partner in crime. Um, another uh, chap who looks like a 12-year-old. And speaking of people that look like a 12-year-old, the owner of that young man is Ali Maxwell. Um, who once again decided he was just really happy with his team this week. So let's not talk too much about that. Um, he's off, uh, the he's, he's, of, off the bottom of the league is, at least, and he has promised me he's going to pay some attention to his team this week and try and get rid of Shimikas. Um, but uh, Emil Smithrow, only owner in the league, 12 points. I don't doubt that that price he's got is going to go up pretty quickly. And I think Ricky can have one award and Ali Maxwell can have the other. Uh, I think that might be your second homer of the week uh, of, of a podcast. I'm going to say, just checking this, but he's okay. We'll, we'll talk. We'll come back to this one when we go through our hurts awards, and I'll go straight to why I didn't go with Ali. He's not the only Smith Row owner, but he was the only person to field Smith Row. So. <laughs> so I discounted him because he wasn't the full differential. Yanis, Hatsukum Yanis has Smithrow sitting nicely at, uh, on his bench. Uh, he's not actually my nomination to winning it, to, to winning the actual award, despite the fact he's got a massive 12 point uh, Smithrow there, because, well, he was at the ground, he was at the game. I got live commentary and videos and footage of the uh, mauling uh, of, of Spurs, and he definitely enjoyed the game. He claims he is uh, one of the few. FPL managers who's been hacked and someone moved Smithrow from his starting lineup. I find that having it his history and his transfers and his general rankings, I think it's a touch convenient. That's, that's, um, that's absolutely amazing. So, People are being hacked at like taking minus 80 point hits and he's been hacked and they've just moved one five billion pound player. was exactly what I said to him. I was like, the world number one has had his team deleted and you think someone's moved around your bench order and his response was they've got to cover their tracks. I don't think he gets the hurt because he's earned that. Like he's, he's gone intentionally. He's obviously doubted a, 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 the lad being there. So he's not actually my guy. Um, what else do I have on there overall? I, I feel bad for him in one respect, though. He puts Smith on the bench. He then has Torres not play. On comes a defender. Uh, Pontus Janssen of Brentford who gets an assist uh, despite Brentford conceding four so at that point conceding three at that point he thought he was going to be in for better luck than be good only to find his next bench player be the highest score overall but I've got two other people I want to talk about for Hurt um, that are my nominees 
this is a bit controversial because I don't normally pick on people when they're down, but there's a lot of bench points. I'm sure you've got loads more you want to go with. Do you want to go first or want to talk about two low scores here? Uh, I, I mean, you, you keep going because I've got so okay. many that you, you cover off some of them and I'll come back. All right, so my nominees are going to be, I've got Elijah and Noel both on 29 points. And yeah. at 29 points, normally I don't pick on you just because you're last. Normally it's because of, there's a bench or there's a transfer or something else. But Elijah, we say a wild card is uh, not just for one week. He's one week away from his wild card. Wild card week five, uh, he scores 51 in a bubble, in a vacuum, that might sound okay, but the world average is 55, so he actually got a red to his wild card week. But it's okay, you're setting your team up for the future. He got 29. Bearing in mind he had Saar, one of the stars of the week, he still managed to put up just 29 points, 20 across 10 players. That is quite an achievement post-wild card. So Elijah is definitely there or thereabouts. But for me, the nominee is Noel Marshall. Why is his 29 different? Uh, to quote uh, my fellow podcaster, Mark Dash worked out the game that is no cash, no code. You've either got to be spectacularly good or spectacularly bad. Noel Marshall is one of those guys that has been suffering for that rule. And so he's decided to play the game properly. He's coming off two top 100 KE in the world weeks. Two 70 plus finishes. Not a word on this podcast. Well done, Noel. With 29 points, you've got your own little section here. I mean, his team, it's, I, I, don't, I feel bad for him because he, I can see his moves. He tried to go early with Lukaku. It's not quite worked out for him. He went in straight after the post-Arsenal uh, morning. He then eventually decided he needs some CR7 in his life. Out goes Sun. Out goes Antonio, who are both stars of this week, effectively. And so he's just earned himself to a 7 millionth in the world ranking 29 points. So that's my nominee, nominee for Hertz. Yeah, it's it's a very strong one. I, I did have a note on Elijah just to, to go one stage further was that he brought Sar in this week after wildcarding last week. He was his top point scorer with nine, but the man he took out was Rafinha, who would have been his top point scorer with eight. So, it, I mean, it never rains, it pours. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was, that was a, a pretty spectacular week for him. Uh, Jeff Brown, 54 points, probably not someone that expected to get a mention, um, nope. but uh, he took a minus four hit to get rid of Reguillon, um, who scored four points. Liveramento got one. Jota, he took out, who got seven points for Gray, who got six, and he took out Jimenez, who got eight points for Lukaku's two. So he was minus 13 on his transfers this week. So he would have had 67 points overall and been quite comfortably the top point scorer of the week without those changes. Is that Jeff um, Moy? Uh, Jeff Moy, yes. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. wow. I, was, was, was I actually thought you were talking about Mr. Brown. No, no. I, I, I mean, Brown, he, then you said Jota, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that's not the same person. No, no, I, no, and no. that that's slipped under the radar. Oh, yeah. that's really painful. So and considering he moved up to fifth with that week, imagine where you would have been, Jeff Moy. <laughs> really tough. But um, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take somebody else, and this is going to be a wider goalkeeping woes. Uh, little little section. Um, it's going to have a new title. It's called the Dash Bros and their goalkeeping woes. Uh, we talked a lot about Mark and his uh, double up of, of expensive goalkeepers and constantly picking the wrong one. But it's this time his brother, Colin, who has decided to join his brother with the goalkeeping woes. Um, Colin uh, Wild, did he wild card? Am I right in thinking that? Wild carded in game week three to get rid of Raya. 
He already had Martinez, so he had two starting keepers, but he got rid of Raya for De Gea. And then he had that that thing that nobody wants, which is both goalkeepers playing in the same hey, game, David De Gea versus Emmy Martinez. And uh, De Gea, he picked over Martinez. And obviously we know what happened, 95th minute. Martinez's clean sheet is about to get wiped out, which obviously would have made it the, probably the right decision. And instead the pen gets missed and he gets the bonus points, nine points for him, um, which now means, and we'll keep an eye on this as we move forward, that between them, the Dash Bros are minus nine for the season on their goalkeeper versus their substitute, um, which is pretty spectacular. Also, just a fun comment that they only have four players the same in their two squads, and there's only one point between them in the league, which is also really fun. So we'll keep an eye on uh, on, on where that I'm happens. looking forward to this Dash Index that we yeah. get to follow, like a yeah. FTSE 500. This is going to be brilliant. It's going to be excellent. I don't think anyone's putting their money into the Dash Index at the moment, <laughs> if I'm completely honest, but that's, <laughs> that's fine. But we can't let the Hurt of the Week award go without talking about the true hurt that happened this weekend, Andre Clark. Um, and it's your hurt uh, and we'll combine it with a conversation about manager of the month I'm going to call this hurt of the month award um, and I'm going to take you back to Monday evening UK time what time was it where you were 4am 4am <laughs> this is this is the sort of man that Andre Clark is despite the fact that he knows his kids are going to wake him up at the crack of dawn he is glued to Crystal Palace against Brighton at four o'clock in the morning. And why you ask yourself? Because it is uh, Duffy versus Sanchez. Um, you had Sanchez in goal going for the Manager of the Month award. There was one point between you and Steve Suckling going into the final game of the month. It's probably the tightest Manager of the Month award we've had for ages. One game left, one point between you. Both of you have a Brighton player in defence. <laughs> And going into the last minute of the game, Sanchez was on bonus points. Duffy wasn't, which would have taken you, I think I'm right in saying, to level. Is that fair? Yep. Yep. And after the final whistle, Sanchez got booked. Now, the sequence of events that went on through the text messages was me texting Andre to brag about the fact that Veltman had just got the jammiest assist and gone from two points to seven, rather oblivious to the excitement that was going on in Andre's world and me hoping really that he was going to be asleep. And instead I got one back saying, oh, I've lost by a point. And then suddenly he checked the bonus points and saw Sanchez had one and was like, oh my God, he's got a bonus point in capital letters only for me to start typing. Yeah, but he's got booked and you saw it before I managed to text. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, Lost it by a point. So painful. Lost it by a point. Uh, and I had the tiebreaker because I was ahead already and had less transfers. So level was enough for me to get married for a month. As brutally described, I did not. And well, here to discuss his version of text messages, lovingly provided by Nick Mick, we have said manager of the month. Well, we are back and I have the dubious the dubious pleasure of being joined by somehow manager of the month for september the one and only steve suckling steve how are you i'm good thanks and i probably need to apologize for the way that i managed to win the manager of the month award uh i i feel you're saying that because i'm here and that's not what you were uh, thinking at the time 
talk us through your moment of realizing that you were going to be manager of the month. So I'd been, I'd been, I've been watching the game and I'd been hoping that Sanchez didn't make another save to get the next point. And I thought we came out of the game level and checked online and we were level. And I've been messaging Nick in the background as well. And then probably about 10 minutes after the kickoff, um, Nick text to say Sanchez got booked after the final whistle. So you didn't see it to start with. I saw the scuffle. I didn't see the booking. I saw the scuffle. I saw him scuffling after the final whistle and then I turned it off. So I didn't actually see the booking. I heard afterwards from Nick that he'd been booked and I didn't believe him initially because we all know Nick's a bit of a joker. And then um, it was there. Unbelievable. Great. So the listener already knows because we, me and Tom were just talking about this, but uh, what, what we didn't say. So Tom said I was watching the whole game. I wasn't actually. Uh, it was four in the morning over here. My kids, they're, they're in tune with FPL. They know when to wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, so they woke up with 15 minutes to go in the game. And I got the screenshot from Nick. Uh, Nick, Nick's listener, uh, is the reason that we know each other. In fact, we should talk about that. Uh, but yeah, I got the screenshot from Nick about <laughs> the next morning. But me and Tom's were very similar. But on the other side of the fence, I was like, one more save. is all- He's getting the bonus. He's getting the bonus. And I actually went to bed thinking it was all going to be okay. So congratulations, uh, regardless. But yeah, we missed out the intro. So who is Steve and how is he part of No Cash, No Code? So I am. I used to work with Nick Mick and we had a couple of fantasy leagues at the AA and Nick and I were always near the top, probably Nick probably slightly higher than me, but I was normally chasing Nick pretty close behind him. Um, and he always used to talk about this other league he was in where despite being top of the leagues at the AA, he was mid-table or bottom half in this other <laughs> league. And I kept saying, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. But then I got an invite, I think probably two seasons, three seasons ago. And yep. yeah, I realised the standard is is pretty high. And, That's fantastic. Yeah, that to be up me. Near the top this year. I, I mean, what a start you've had. So let's get into that. I, as you would have heard on the last pod, we uh, dissected August with Kinder. And well... I'm hoping, having been uh, pipped by you, the curse of manager of the month kicks in again because Kinder, it's not gone well <laughs> since he picked that up. <laughs> I mean, still top 10, but definitely not where he was before. You are now manager of the month and just behind top of the table. Let's go back to the start and let's walk us through it. So game week four, I believe. Yep, there we are. Uh, it is the... Uh, let's get the fixtures up at the same time. Oof. Okay, so that's the Palace morning of Spurs. Um Arsenal winning their first game uh, that happens in that one so your team um, I'm looking at your screen right now solid Cristiano Ronaldo 13 points was that just drafted in did you jump on that one early yeah I brought him in for the first week um, Salah captain so I could have actually had more points if I'd, I got my captain right that week but I think that was the week of the defence with all of my defenders getting clean sheets and TAA getting assists as well I think and you, you took a minus four to get to that team. So I'm assuming that was CR7 coming in. Who else did you drop out? I dropped out Danny Ings and um, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes. I mean, that in itself was an absolute masterstroke because I did the same minus four the same week, but I kept Danny Ings. Uh, whereas you uh, had the foresight there where most were dropping Tony. You kept him around and that's obviously paid dividends as we go into the ne- very next week. Tony, for the patient, gets a 12-pointer uh, leading your squad and you've made the, just the one transfer. Who did you drop? 
So I well, I brought in Marcel at Wolves and I dropped Matt Target from Villa. Didn't really get anything from that. Um, but I picked the right captain again. And um, yeah, and Tony, like you said, Tony and Ben Rama got me the points that week. That's when I noticed your team and I was noticed, uh, I was nervous because I, I <laughs> I was actually following the manager of the month already. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't spoken about this with, with Tom, but manager of the month is really important to me. One, it's the reason I created the league. It was uh, to keep our work league interested. No matter where you are, you've got a chance. But two, I backed myself in the early months, uh, early years of No Cash No Code, that I'm at least going to win that. So I'm net positive for the year, no matter what. I am not paying to put all this work in. And I normally win one of the first three or four months. So I'm a bit miffed that I'm currently still in debt uh, to be in this league. Cracking transfer on Marcel didn't work out that week. But then the very next week, how did you steal? Sorry, how did you win manager in the month in the end? What were your moves? Um, so the next week, I, I can't remember what did I do that week. Oh, I brought in Saar. So I dropped... Um, I dropped Greenwood. So I think, I personally, I don't think Greenwood will start every game when Rashford's back and their pictures aren't great. So I dropped Greenwood and brought Star in. So that was good. That got me nine points. And then just a few points here and there. Nothing spectacular. Um, not a great captain, but I don't think anyone had a great captain last week. Such um, a full week. World yeah. average of 43. You put in the 52, which was enough. And I'm kicking myself. Um, and this is strange because... I've never had a manager month conversation where I'm literally the person that fell behind. I hovered all week on the SAR transfer. Is he in? Is he not? Am I going to be saving two transfers for game week seven? Or do I go for the first to try? And I, I, when I, I checked and saw you made the transfer, I was livid because I had the opportunity to block you on that one. Probably would have been Ben Rama, to be fair, that was out for my squad. So a cracking start. Is this your best ever start to fantasy football? I think it is. I, I mean, I, I only really started playing seriously three or four years ago. So, Ouch. young family. Sorry. Young family. Well, I played before. I played before, sort of um, back, back probably 10 years or so ago, but then had a few years not, not too involved. I had a young family, wasn't watching as much football. Um, thought to myself, I, I need to start watching a lot more football. And what better way to do that than to get an interest in it by having a fantasy team? So, um, well, yeah. it's definitely my best start over the last couple of seasons. That does lead quite nicely because I'm looking at your your previous seasons and it's a mixed bag. And this looks like, I mean, obviously 86,000 in the world is phenomenal uh, no matter when that is the time of year. But it looks like you're on a pace that you're not normally on. You've had a couple of really down years uh, and picked uh, last year one point something million, which even for your standards in no cash, no code is much further behind. I see your first or second in every single league you're in this year. So you're on an absolute tear. It's all going very, very well. Has it always gone well for you? What's your favourite FPL moment? Um, so favourite moment would probably have to, I think that there was a photo sent around on the No Cash No Code email a couple of years ago. So um, <laughs> first Premier Premier League game I've been, for, been to for a long time and actually the last game I've been to because of COVID. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Went with um, courtesy of a, a friend who worked at, at Virgin Media, got us tickets to go and go and see Southampton versus Leicester. Um, on Friday night, during the day, I, I, I did the silly thing where I thought, wouldn't it be fun to put Vardy as captain? Fully expecting to take the captain off of him before we actually got to the game, but missed the deadline um, <gasps> on the way game, got there. And then, yeah, it would have been a foolish decision to take that captaincy away from him. So I was there, sat next to Nick, who didn't have Vardy. Um, I think I had Vardy, Madison, and the Leicester defender as well. So I think I came out of that day with about 60 points from the first game. Um, 
And yeah, that was that was in a season when I was doing okay. Last year was a terrible season. I had a bad start, and I just chased it for the whole season with minus fours and minus eights all over the place, so oh, trying to restrict myself on the hits this year. I had a terrible one last year as well. That is one of my favourite no cash no code memories. Actually, not just because uh, the Schadenfreude of knowing Nick had to sit next to your grinning face as every goal goes in, uh, but to know that the uh, yeah that we were live in a match watching our captain—that's phenomenal. Great, great yeah. work. What's the worst experience you've had so far? Um, I can't think of an individual worst experience, but whenever I have song from Tottenham, I. I just I pick up his red cards. He gets injured. He never scores. So I I now have to tell myself to steer clear of Son. That's a life lesson, kids. Don't support Spurs. That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had the same in and out luck with him constantly. I missed every one of his goals last year, despite owning him for half the season overall. Um, yeah. Last pod we did our pre-season rankings. Where do you feel? I mean, it's a pretty high standard around these parts, and um, uh, Kinder. Well, kind of tricked himself into saying he was going for the title. What's realistic for you? What are you? Where are you hoping to finish? I think knowing where I started the season, definitely the Champions League chasers group. Um, and if I can strong stick through the next couple of weeks and, and get a decent wild card under my belt, maybe maybe challenging for the title. But who knows? You've mentioned uh, the hits and trying to avoid it. Is that one of the philosophies you're going into with this year? Like, what's what's made this year different for you, start wise? And uh, follow on question. Wildcards, what are your thoughts? So I think I had a good team to start out. I had a good first week, so I didn't need to panic like I have done the last couple of years. And Nick would be able to tell you, I send him wildcard drafts almost every week saying, look what I could get, look what I could get. But I've <laughs> stayed strong and I haven't changed yet. And that's working at the moment. So don't actually have a plan for the wildcard at the moment. Um, need to see how the next couple of weeks go. And I made a cool one. I'm, I'm thinking the later I use it, the, um, the more benefit I get over Christmas, possibly. This is where I think we're going to split apart. I am fighting the urge every single day deadline, despite where I am, uh, which is obviously next to you. I, I fight the urge constantly. I, I'm not even promising that by the time this goes out, I haven't hit that button. So going to be intriguing. I mean, this is the closest no cash, no code we've had in years and years and years and years. It's definitely the closest manager of the month. Like, I can't think of one that has come down to something as, like, it's come down to a goal before or an assist before, but a post-final whistle, yellow, I mean, it hurts. It burns. It burns so much. I think I had the tiebreaker on you, having been ahead of you on the rankings previously. I didn't even know that was a tiebreaker. So yeah. the yellow card means even more now. <laughs> Congratulations again. Why am I going through this? I really should have had Tom uh, conduct this meeting rather than myself. But no, absolute pleasure to actually speak to you face to face. Having seen your photo, as you said, uh, shared around the group years ago, I felt like I've known you, but now it's, uh, it's good to actually uh, get to know you properly. Good luck for the season ahead. Um, and I'm expecting to see you there or thereabouts after this phenomenal start. Last question I have for you is you versus Nick. Obviously, Nick, Nick invited you. You used to be getting beaten by him. He's not had the best of runs. He's not been a title contender for a while. Do you guys have a side bet? Is he your number one nemesis in this group? Uh, he definitely is. He's always the one person that I look out for. So first league I check is this league, and then the next person I check is is Nick. Interesting. Um, a couple of years ago, I was I was ahead of him. Beat him a couple of years ago. Yeah, you did. terrible year last year. Um, and he's not too far behind this year, but hopefully I can stay ahead. 
as the commissioner, I, I'm probably only one person removed at most uh, from anyone in the group. Um, and I, I've never really had that many rivals uh, or never intentionally had that many rivals because there's 32 in the league. I promise you now, you are definitely one of the first teams opening up uh, to be beaten to the award by such a hair's breadth. I'm looking forward to our uh, competitive rivalry from this point onwards. So good luck for the rest of the season. Don't mean it at all. Thank you. Awesome, man. Good to meet you. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, that was enjoyable, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> thank you as ever, uh, Tom, for joining me. Uh, very taking us very quick, that. One, quick one for you. Uh, and as the historian, I probably should know the answer to this. But we currently have 32 points between 1st and 14th in No Cash, No Code after six weeks. Has there ever been a tighter start to the season in No Cash, No Code? Or am I making that up? This is the weirdest season of all time. Not only is it the tightest without a shadow of a doubt, not just because it goes all the way to 14 with such a small differential between them, but the top is only ever juggled by no more than, no one's had a lead for more than five points yet, which is crazy. But we're also in an unbelievable level because the said person, 14, is currently ranked 524K in the world. And I was checking this compared to where we were like at the end of last season. And we get to already way, way past that before we get to 524. This is the best standard and the tightest standard of no cash, no code of all time. But what makes it even, even more interesting, and you pointed this out with the dashes, Everyone, if you are an FBL Twitter follower, you'll hear this word template being thrown around all the time, and I just don't see it. There is actually some huge differences between our squads already, and yet, such similar, even when you put down to the minutiae detail of number one and number two in the league, fighting it out, even then, it's different players going into the last game. So, yeah, this is easily the most fun season of all time, not just because Arsenal just smashed Murs, and not just because I happen to be closer to the top than normal. It just happens to be a very good year in FBL. And Elijah says the same thing, I promise you. I think, I think it's been really fun. I do wonder whether over the next couple of weeks that template that you're talking about, which hasn't really been there, will get even further away because people are going to have to pick between City and Chelsea in terms of defence, Lukaku versus Ronaldo or both in terms of attack. And then there's this group of really cheap midfielders who everyone's getting super Mm -hmm. excited about, who we've talked about today, who are cheap for a reason. None of them, you know, I I don't personally think that there is a Thomas Suchek or an Ilkay Gundogan this year. There might be some that have their moments, but I can't see a six and a half million pound midfielder being in the top three, four point scorers in in, in the midfielders. But everyone's going to pick a different one, right? Um, I'm going to disagree with you on one name that I think you're actually going to agree with me on um, that's in both of our teams. I think Rafina is definitely like the, the most likely in my uh, experience, in my in my opinion of that 6.5ers who's going to be a consistent returner three goals already over six games it looks like he's going to get two three goals every single match but I do think I mean I'm, I'm going to present the, the pod here I am hovering over the wildcard button as we speak um, to try and break this up despite where I am right now and it is are you really going to be backing all of these sub six middling team of midfielders who happen to score a header against the run of play, having had no shots in the entire game so far? Uh, that's that's a dilemma. Uh, I think one of the big differences we're going to find actually this season, I think this is maybe it's a little more engaged than I've been for the last couple of years, but 
because of these cheap midfielders that everyone is gravitating towards, Asar is going up in price so quickly. The team value disparity in the league already, despite how close we've just said it is, is huge. Like for this time of year, we've never seen this much of a gap between, I think it was 1.5 million already between uh, first and last in our league. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting finish to the season to see how different these squads are going to be. And if these younger guys, sorry, younger guys, these, I'm thinking about Arsenal there, if these cheaper guys can hold value. So it's going to yeah, be an entertaining. I think, I think these, so. these next two weeks for me are going to be really crucial. Um, and I think we're going to see some big moves because you've got a lot of people still on their wild card. We've got a, we've got a lot of people injured. And so people attempted to play their wild card like you are this week, which usually with an international break about to happen would never even cross anyone's mind. But there are people struggling to even put out 11. And, I'm 50-50. I'm this big, week to after the week. Yeah. Well, and also we've got this massive fixture twist for Chelsea already and City from next week, which is going to lead. And, and both teams have so much rotation that... Yeah. There is no way that you can guarantee me that any of these players that we're all thinking about are guaranteed to start every game. Other than maybe Diaz and maybe Rudiger, but they're obviously the less exciting picks versus the Cancelos and the Alonso. So I think, I, mean, I think, uh, yeah. I, and, and equally, you mentioned Rafinha. You know, clearly he's in my team. I think the guy is an absolute gun, and he's he's brilliant. He's been taken off on the hour two games in a row because yeah. he's clearly carrying an injury. If he yeah. goes to Brazil next week. He's going to have to quarantine on the way home. Yeah. So he'll miss the week after. And no Bamford is going to be, you would think, a bit of a problem for him as well. So, you know, there's, there's absolutely no guarantees here. With Leeds having got a clean sweep from you last year in terms of team of the year and players of the year, they're not looking anything like that side from what I've seen so far. And we haven't even spoken about the other real reason why a lot of people are reaching for wild cards. I think they're going to be around this time. Ronaldo scores that penalty instead of Bruno and uh, I, half the wild cards will be trying to get uh, the Noel Marshall big three. Has he got all three in? I know he's got the big two up front and I think he's been trying to... Yep, he's had Salah, Ronaldo, Lukaku and it's it's not worked out for him. You imagine getting 29 points with those three. You'd expect to get more than 29 points from those three on most weeks, wouldn't you? I, I mean, I would repeat the messages he sends, but this is still trying to be a family podcast. <laughs> it's, it's not gone well. For, we don't want to put I mean, explicit content on the top of it. Exactly. I mean, okay, so uh, he's had no airtime. Now we're going to really go deep dive. How does a team with Shaw, TAA, Sala, Ronaldo, Lukaku, and then the informed Benny and Tony? still managed to put up 29 like it's that is proper point dodging it's like the game hates him it really is that's really uh, I feel bad for we talk about football I feel like maybe I'm giving him bad advice or like not giving advice at all but uh, yeah it's, it's been unfortunate bro anyway we need to wrap this up we are dead on time so absolute pleasure sir looking forward to the next one thank you again Steve for joining us and uh, let's see you on the early, end of the next month bye, bye. Luck, everyone. see you next week